Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 246 of the Maritime Paintball Podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, please do me a huge favor, like and share this so we can get the party started and get everything out there so everyone can be a part of this. Uh, our guest today, who will be here in a second, uh, is uh, Matt Dunn of Soulless Photography, who uh, just put together uh, a documentary following uh, the regulators, a, a paintball team moving from, I forget which division to which division. Uh, but we're going to talk about that later on in the uh, in the show. And then we're going to talk about, you know, like how it exactly works being a, um, a paintball <clears throat> photographer. So uh, without further ado, allow me to introduce the man, the legend, Matt Dunn of Solus Photography. What's happening, buddy? Hey, hi, everyone. Uh, really happy to be here. And uh, really happy I found this podcast by uh, <laughs> you messaging me <laughs> and uh, inviting me on. So Woo! a little late, but I'm glad to be here. Hey, buddy, it's all good. It's all good. Uh, so, okay. So a little, normally I would ask like how long you've been in the sport and what kind of gear do you run? Um, which we will talk about that, but I'm more interested in how long have you been doing photography? Uh, and, and from the looks of it, a little bit of videography as well, by the fact that you created a documentary. Um, so how long have you been doing that kind of thing? Uh, so photography started, I think a little over five years ago. And then I did photos for about three to four years. And I just got into video between two and three years ago. Um, so I was definitely photo for a while and then switched over to do a lot more video now. Yeah. It's a little more exciting. Uh, yeah. It's just like so much more freedom with video than okay. I did with photos. Photos is very, obviously it's very, it's one shot, you know, you get those couple shots in a row, but video, you get the whole sequence. So it's a lot, it's a, uh, a lot more rewarding in my eyes that makes sense to me that makes sense you're not having to worry about like snapping a thousand photos to get that one good one right you know right so yeah um okay let's talk uh let's talk about the 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 do i want to get into the meat and potatoes of it yet i'm not sure <laughs> yet no let's talk about the photography stuff we'll get into the documentary a little bit later okay. uh and then we'll we'll talk about how that whole thing went down but i know um i'm not sure if she's watching if she's not watching i'm gonna have to might have to like get a hold of her. Uh, a friend of mine, Elise, she does uh, some photography out, out, out east uh. here with us. And uh, she was super excited to tune in because she wants to learn uh, more. Uh, so what kind of equipment do you run? Like what kind of camera, what kind of lens? Um, so right now I have a Canon 80D, which is uh, my main camera, um, and a 70 200 2.8 uh, version 2 lens. And that's my main setup for video and pretty much photo now when I do video, uh, when I do do photos at events. Um, and then my backs backups are two Canon 70s. Um, and then I have a couple kit lenses that are uh, pretty old, but uh, it's a 55 to 250. Okay. Um, and an 18 to 55. And that's basically everything that I've used um, for the past couple of years. Awesome. So do you have like all like three cameras like hanging off you at every given time? I do not. Uh, no, uh, you're not like the ultimate cameraman. No, kind of thing. I, I hate carrying around more than I need. I try and make my backpack as light as possible because we're walking around, you know, sometimes nine hours a day, 
um, on those fields. So it's the yeah. best thing is to have not a lot of stuff with you. So I, it's mainly just, um, I think, uh, my ADD, my 7,200, and then maybe my 70 in my bag as my backup, just in case my ADD craps out on me or something like that. So gotcha. Got like something just sort of goes wrong or you're just like, right. this is done for the day. Let's whip it. You know? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, Tim, Tim Banks over here asking actually a really, you know, great question of what came first, uh, paintball or, or taking photos and video. Oh, paintball. Definitely. <laughs> stupid <laughs> question, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever hopped right into paintball photography without playing paintball. Yeah. I think it's very rare. There might be one or two, but I, I feel like the people who are taking photos that they've never played are just your 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 generic freelance sports photographer right yeah you know, other than like, them, yep. yeah like they're shooting paintball today they're gonna be shooting golf tomorrow right you know, like, so uh awesome what kind well let's talk what kind of gear are you running like what's your what's your play style uh so i bought a geo 3.5 recently um, that's been the most, I guess, update, up-to-date gun I've ever had. Yeah. I ran old stuff for a while just because I never played that much. Um, you know what, man? I was talking with somebody uh, last night. I was playing I was playing digital paintball. The, oh, yeah. Which, my God, is a blast. We had, anyways. Uh, that's another episode. <laughs> we <laughs> we, uh, we were talking about that, and one guy was t- saying that he dropped, like, thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars $1,400 because uh, he hadn't played in, like, 15 years, and he got back right. into it. And then a lot of us were like... That's too much money, bro. Yeah. Like, like we all agree. We're like, none of us are in good enough shape to be able to play well <laughs> enough to even need to look at that kind of marker. Right. And uh, the older stuff is always great. But the Geos are solid markers. Yeah, um, I wanted a Geo 3.5 for so long. And I only spent 350 on it because I got it from a buddy. Right? So that's the most I've spent on a paintball gun in, I think, ever. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, my, I spent 150 bucks on the mini behind yeah, me. Yeah, the mini. <laughs> right? And it's a workhorse. I don't need anything more. And people are like, yeah. oh, the minis are, are out of date. And I'm like, but I'm out of date. Like, I'm <laughs> like, it's just, anyways. Uh, okay, so you played, you played paintball, and then you got into the videography, or the photography, and then moved into uh, shooting shooting video and, right. and all that jazz. So uh, run me through, like, how do you get, a good like give me your top three your top three tips right off the top of your head i'm giving you no time to prepare of like how to get that sweet video or that sweet photo uh it's kind of different so photo it's um i'd say the first step is just know where like know where you're gonna shoot um don't try and go into it just saying oh, i'll just spray this whole side of the field until i get something good you really want to line up your shot if you know somebody's going to dive in the snake make sure you're in front of that guy and line that shot up and pretty much plan where you're. it's always nice to look through your camera lens to see what it's going to kind of look like before you shoot it um uh tip number two would probably get get to their level so like if somebody's kneeling down or if you know somebody's going to take a knee at a bunker you know you don't want to be standing shooting down on them because you don't get the whole background right so tip number two would probably be get you know, get down their level, especially if they're laying down, try and get as low as you can so you can get everything in the background. Um, I see them, a lot of people doing that wrong um, when they first start out. You really got to make sure everything in the background is almost as appealing as everything in the foreground. The whole photo um, needs to be interesting. Like right. You don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want grass in the background because when you're standing up shooting down, all you're going to get is the grass and maybe the bunker, um, gotcha, which is just yeah. boring. Nobody you wants want, to see that. 
that makes sense that yeah i'm thinking like yeah. all the big shots that i've seen like a lot of the good shots it's always especially if they're kneeling next to the bunker you can see that like almost the whole bunker right. as if you were kneeling like next to them so that's a really yeah. good tip i like that what about number it three gives them like, it gives the person a nice perspective like you're almost at you're looking with that player yeah around that sideline um and i guess tip number three would be just probably just practice um i can tell you none of us <laughs> out of all the people i know in uh paintball photography if they didn't come from a, a magazine or a news company you know they weren't good at it um i've seen my friend's first couple shots i i can tell you none of us were good at it <laughs> uh when we started, i i was nowhere near um good at it when i started i i had a sony point and shoot um when i first started uh so yeah it's definitely practice Go to the yeah. fields, shoot as much as you can, learn from other photographers, talk to other photographers. I mean, I talked to, when I first started, I tried to talk to as many as possible once I finally got used to it. So, Nice. Okay. So it's not the equipment, it's the person behind it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a, you hear that a lot from everybody, That's like not with just from paintball right? photographers. Yeah. From, you know, podcasts to uh, Twitch streamers. It's all, most of the time it's about the content more than uh, what's shooting it. Nice. Um, I really hope the stream didn't just lock up and locked up on my end, but I don't think there's an issue. I'd be getting like a plethora of messages right now if it wasn't. Anyways, probably. Um, what's Tim? Great question for Tim. Tim's dropping all the good questions. I don't even need to write questions down. Tim just drops them there. What's the most you've been shot at during a day of photo and video, like of camera work? I'm just gonna call camera. <sighs> from now on. Um, honestly, I think it was at NXL this year's NXL Vegas event. Oh, really? Um, yeah, that was, I've gone, uh, I've been to a lot of events. I've been to scenario events where, you know, you've got 10 year olds out there shooting everything that moves because they're scared to. <laughs> the lens <event>. glints. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened before quite a few times. Um, then you've got all the way up to the pros. I've shot the pro field too. And uh, this year on the D2 field, um, just, it's honestly not as, it's not so much about the players playing, it's more so about what they're playing on. So that layout, there was nowhere good to stand if you were doing video because everywhere you stood there was a lane because somebody was going to go through that at some point so so it's so you, just you, where the lane was sitting so you were taking photos at world cup so you, uh, you, were, you, were Ve- you said you were vegas wait in I, vegas I the yeah, nxl sorry, vegas I'm, event yeah sorry i'm mixing up events um anyways so that was there was no there was no snake was there is that when they eliminated, uh, eliminated the snake, or was that after before? Let me see, because I think. Yeah, that's. I'm like, I'm trying to remember now, because I'm trying to think. I know like, the snake was weird. Yeah. Okay, so this this is a snake that had the um the inside wire and the outside wire, so you could crawl inside and nobody could see you because all the mini W's were off of the beams themselves. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what so it was. there was an inside route and outside route. So that's right. it wasn't. Yeah, it was just both sides of that field. Um, those corners. Uh least snake corner that was really popular um that d1 and that mini dorito and that d uh d2 was really popular as well and that's pretty much where i stood for video was in those spots so um everybody was just everybody was shooting those spots so that's i've never been shot that much before in my life so i mean you're you're gonna get shot if you want i guess if you want the good shot you've got to be where people are shooting yeah so you're gonna get shot at how do you protect your gear um so i actually just got a new cover um 
So for my for my ADD, there's a um, like a silicone rings that go around the actual body of the lens um, that protect it from mostly shock damage. I guess paint still gets in there, so that's you can always clean that off. Um, the actual body of the camera doesn't have anything on it. Um, that's just kind of free balling out there on the field. And then I have um, <laughs> I have a towel. I have a big beach towel that actually has like surfers on it. It's like a, a I don't know, Hawaii theme towel. I've had that for years. That's uh, always goes over me and my camera when I'm shooting uh, video. So that's basically takes most of the damage and keeps the pain off of my lens and camera and me as well. So. You ever, have you ever, like, are you ever worried about getting paint or something like in the mechanism, like in the lens, in the in the body of the camera or is everything pretty, pretty tight? Um, luckily Canon does a pretty good job with their lenses. They're I'm pretty sure they say they're weather sealed. Um, or at least pretty rain proof. I've had them out in the rain. I've had them out. They've been shot a bunch, especially the inside lens. It's always, um, shot. Uh, but I do have filters. I do have a filter on the front of my lens. Uh, so when worst doing, case especially scenario, when I'm doing video. Yeah. Worst case, your, yeah. your, your UV filter or your, whatever filter you're running that day gets cracked rather than right the glass and i've never had a filter crack on me i know it's happened to other photographers before but it's pretty rare so i know there's a big argument between if you should use a filter or not just because if it does crack it scratches the actual glass in the lens whereas if a paintball shot that glass it wouldn't scratch it because it's it's pretty strong but uh, i've always been that person that uses a filter i always just i feel better about it it's easier to clean for me and stuff like that i'm not an expert by any means but if you're shooting in a place like vegas it's awful bright like i feel like a uv filter is kind of necessary just otherwise everything would be glare yeah so the lens hood helps with that there's a big lens hood on most of the canon cameras out there so that takes away a lot of the sunlight but you're right there you're right especially in the mornings around 7 a.m those 7 a.m games it's impossible to shoot on one side of the field because that sun is just you'd be right the in sun. the camera. <laughs> yeah, like... you can't see anything. I have video. I can't see anything, but I had to take it because it was a book team. So I did the best I could. But uh, yeah, that definitely comes into play. So that brings up another question. When you go to these events, so let's say the Vegas event. Let's, we're just going to run the Vegas event mm-hmm. for, for basically <clears throat> all these questions. When you run the Vegas event, did you show up? Like, did you Were you part of like the generic i'm a media person i'm here to take photos or was there a team hired you just to take video of them like how did that work uh so as far as showing up and actually having teams uh most teams booked me before the event uh luckily um so i come in uh there's a media tent at every nxl event you come in and before the event you sign up um as a photographer on appa yeah um, which is a registration website for every event so you sign up on there you pay your registration fee or whatever you have to pay to get on the fields you show up say hey my name is this and they give you a pass saying you're on the divisional field or you're on the pro field um and that's basically how you get onto the fields at nxl events okay so you register but but these teams have also outside of that registration have basically said i'm going to give you money to make me look good yeah pretty much so uh i guess when you start getting into actually booking teams, this would be like, I guess, tip number four. If you're moving on from those first Bonus three, tip. Now, yeah, now you're, uh, now you're moving up and teams are actually paying you for your work, um, is to get paid before you do the work. Um, it's really important because teams, I've pretty much all my, uh, I'd say most of my friends, we've all had this experience where a team says, you know, we'll pay you after the event. I promise we got you. And then you do all the work. You give, you don't give it to them yet, but then, 
you know, they don't pay you. So, so you got a bunch stuck. of photos that you can't use. Right. You're just stuck with them. Um, it's happened to me. It's happened to my friends. You know, we've all we've all seen it. And that's how you learn. But this is my tip. Don't do it. Don't do <laughs> get it. Get the money first. Money up front. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, unless you live with that person and you know you can get the money, just pay yeah, up if you're not yeah, worth it. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> Unless you're within, like, leg-breaking distance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you can get your goons to go over there to your house get and get the your money, money up then. front. There we go. That's going to be a whole sub-business <laughs> of the paintball industry. The goons. The goons for photographers. <laughs> we could use gonna, them sometimes. Right? We're just going to show Even up at events. steps. <laughs> Except we're not going to break, like, we're not going to break legs. We'll just go Yeah, we just up want your just, money. Yeah. You know, we're going to show We want you to hire us again. <laughs> Just like casually walk up to the table, rip an eye out of the paintball marker. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, break their marker. Get it where it hurts. It's way um, simpler. What's the worst weather condition for shooting paintball? Oh. Maybe not necessarily the one you've shot, like the worst for you. I'm going to guess <sighs> Texas. Because it's <laughs> every time they hold an event in Texas, it's mud. But I've had I've had two really bad experiences with weather. One was here. And one was in Texas. So obviously everybody knows about Texas. It's the mud. It's mud fest. It's mud bowl, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, there, I ha- I didn't experience the really bad Galveston Island um, event, which is where they actually had to cancel the event because of how bad the storms were. They were just blowing the fields down. You couldn't walk around without a mask on because there were no nets, stuff like that. So I didn't experience any of that. But then there were a couple of Texas events where, you know, we had tornadoes, uh, uh tornadoes forming about a couple you know miles away um where you know huge gust of wind blows in and knocks over some of the stuff at the field so that's probably on top of the mud and the rain that was probably one of the worst and then the one in this area was a snowstorm that hit before during and after the event that i shot um my camera froze because all the water got onto the all the snow got on the lens then the water froze around the lens and i couldn't use my lens it wouldn't work oh, so i had to go in the car like- and heat it up in the oh, heat God. Up. Uh, <laughs> so I was shooting an event with my nephew um, with that one. So we both had to go in the car. Our hands were like frozen solid and teams were still playing. And we, they played the whole event and we stayed there all day. And it took about four hours to drive, you know, an hour usually. Because wow. of how bad that snowstorm. So that was the second worst event I've ever been in weather-wise was that snow. It was awful. Damn, dude. Those are some good pictures, though. I'm not going to lie. Yeah like epic like snow like yeah it's snow you can you can see a lot but the ones that you could see there was a, a pretty good snowfall in front of the camera where the player was that was pretty cool oh that would be sick does the color pop like with the jerseys yeah. just like yeah because it's so gray and white yeah oh yeah that'd be uh buddy be i know awesome. i never want to do it again but <laughs> <laughs> that was a good event to do it once that's great that's that is the best event and that is the best experience is when you can walk away and say that was absolutely amazing i'm never doing it again but it was yeah, amazing exactly. That's when you know it was worth it. I told uh, my nephew on the way home, I said, we're never doing this again. <laughs> never again. Never again. Have you ever caught, Tristan, Tristan is asking this, Has have you ever caught two paintballs colliding midair in one of your video, photos? Video, yes. Photos, no. Yeah. That's very uh, that's very hard to capture. When you the shoot settings video. Settings have to be right for that. What? It, yeah. When you're shooting your video, what are your settings? Like, are you shooting, are you shooting 120? Are you shooting 60? Are you shooting 30? Are you shooting... 29.97 like what do you think it's for the canon ADD it does 1080 at 60 frames a second so that's my standard um shooting mode and then um I mean when you get into like the more finer settings like uh f-stop so I don't usually go down to 2.8 
which is a um, biggest aperture my lens goes to. Uh, so usually try and stay around 3.2 and 3.5. And just to sum that up, basically, is that at 2.8, you know, I would be in focus on this camera and everything in the background would be blurry. Right. Um, it's a very shallow um, look. So then obviously when you go, the higher you go up, the more uh, background is in focus. Um, so I try to stay around 3.2, 3.5. And about a lot of lighting comes into play with that too, stuff like that. So. Which makes sense because you're not shooting things that are terribly close to you. Right. Right. So you need that. Especially for video. You want stuff in the background to be somewhat in focus because players want to see, especially when they pay for raw footage, they want to see what's going on with their teammates in the background. Yeah. That really helps them to know exactly what's going on in the field. So. So when you're shooting the video, are you, is it sometimes, is it like there, there's some teams asking, okay, we just want some really killer video footage, make us look good. Are there other teams that go, we basically want to review this footage and see where we went wrong? Like, are you doing that or it's it, so there's i do two things so you can you can pay for a highlight video which is basically what you know they want to look good they want to have you know those killer shots of them diving and shooting players and stuff like that and then there's the raw footage option which is basically just straight footage of them there's nothing really glamorous about it unless they're you know winning every match and going to the finals um so yeah the highlight video is definitely where the flashy stuff comes in for teams sorry two seconds uh, Tristan really wants to see high speed footage of two paintballs colliding, and I'm telling him to reach <laughs> out to uh, Nightmare on on. Yeah, YouTube. I know. There's definitely a video of it out there. I've seen it. Oh yeah, there's there's a couple of them. We, uh, I bet I actually did it. I didn't catch it on photo or video, so there's no <clears> proof. <throat> but. <laughs> There was Dave firing, and I shot it, and I watched it go, and it hit, and it broke, and then I turned around and looked at the referee behind me, and he just said, "Yeah, I saw it too." Like, <laughs> oh, thank God, <laughs> somebody else saw it. Uh, it's actually, now that you remind me, there's a HK Army got a video. I think it was Quitsky, maybe even Quitsky uh, from HK Army that has a video of Ryan Greets fans shooting a paintball out of the air. An event that was a while ago, though. I think that might have been 2018 when he caught that, but that was a, that post went around for a while. Wait, like he was playing or when they, they tossed it up in the air? And boop, boop, boop. Oh, no, he was playing in the middle of a point. Oh, okay. It was like right after the point broke out. He shot it out of the air as it was coming towards him. I want to know how much that was luck and how much that was like him seeing mm-hmm. it coming and be like, not today. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah. You know? Um, first strike versus round ball. How, do you do you mainly stick to like speed ball uh, and tournament ball style, eh, from the sounds of it? or? Uh, yeah, so I used to shoot scenarios. Um, I did a... I did video for like maybe two scenarios and then I did photo for a couple fields around here for about uh, three or four years. And I just, I got tired of it. Yeah. Um, speedball is a little different. Like I walking those fields, isn't as bad a scenario event. Some of those fields are huge and you're walking around the whole field all day and it's just, it's not flat terrain either. You're going up and down, you got r- little tiny crevices of water, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a lot more on the body than I feel like speedball is. So I just, I got tired of it after a while. I know on the, the very limited amount of uh, work, video work I've done, I've got some pretty amateur shit on YouTube, you know. Um, I shot uh, up here in, in Canada. We have uh, a field called Commando Paintball, and they host a, a D-Day event once a year. Mm-hmm. And this event is it's huge. It's something like 27 acres. Yeah, it's pretty big. Right. So I got hold, I was like, I'm going to shoot some video for this. Like I, I did a whole, like, I wanted to do a whole like traveling video, which I just botched it all to hell. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, 
I decided I was like, man, I'm gonna get to but to shoot video on and like on on a paintball field with a thousand players on that field, I was like, I'm taking a GoPro. Like I'm not taking yeah anything except a GoPro. It can it's designed to fall out of an airplane. It can handle <laughs> this. Um, it was a colossal pain in the ass to get any yep. good footage until the very last game of the day where they put it in this tiny village, which is basically mm-hmm. a speedball field made of wood. And I was just like, that's, I had the light bulb went off and I was just like, <laughs> I need to shoot more speedball shit. Like this yeah, is man. so much better. <laughs> so much more fun. Um, so I just going to take uh, two seconds real quick. Uh, I just, I want to give a shout out to um, just give a quick shout out to the folks who are making this podcast um, not just possible, but taking a ton of pressure off of me. So, uh, you know, big thank you to the, the the sponsors. We have Artful Dodger Beard Oil, which I know you can't really tell because my camera's, the lighting's not great, but I do have his <laughs> dapper oil in my beard. Uh, Tier 1 Armament, who has uh, been a, a sponsor of this podcast since, like, Jesus, like, fucking, like, week four. They've been there for, for ages with us. Uh, Defcon Paintball, basically a one-stop shop for basically anything paintball-related. And then PB Swag Bag, if you want cool shit like the hat I'm wearing and half of the stuff sitting on a shelf over there. Uh, if you can get cool paintball shit sent to your house uh, every month, save 10% on your first order with code MPP10 uh, over at pbswagbag.com. And then, of course, the Patreon supporters, Alex, Dr. Rush, Jeff, Matt, Mike, Ryan, Tim, and Tony. Uh, huge thank you for being, you know, financial supporters of the podcast and, and uh, help make things possible. It really does help. Trust me. Because I got new lights coming because of the Patreon supporters. Um, now, with, you know, now that I've paid the bills... <laughs> let's uh let's transition into your documentary so you did a documentary um which basically followed the team the regulators yep. from was it from d3 to d2 or d4 to d2 uh d4 to d2 that's okay yeah because they skipped it they skipped the division yeah they, they were like d3. they were like we fucking killed it in d4 let's <laughs> go for d2 and then i basically from what i got from the documentary was they walked in and like on their first day they were like holy shit we just got our asses handed to us <laughs> yeah <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it's the best way to learn. Um, so how do you, like, I have so many questions about the documentary and I, I'm trying to focus them, but like, let's start with like, how, how did the idea for this documentary come around? Uh, so Team Captain Ross, um, I shot regulators. Um, they're semi-local. They're about five hours. Their home field's about five hours from me. Um, but we have an event down here in Maryland that's about, uh, you know, not in the middle of both of us, but close enough to where both of us can go to. So they played a lot of events there and Ross started talking to me. Um, I did photos for them for a couple years. I did uh, some video stuff for them at the NXL events that they did. I think they made a, uh, they went to two of them in 2018. So I worked for them to do a video of them in 2018, which was a highlight video. Um, so then once 2019 hit, um, that's when Ross started talking to me about this idea that he had that he wanted to pretty much document their, jump from d4 to d2 um so he started talking to me about it and basically what his idea was and we just kind of hashed out a bunch of details so that's really originally where the idea came from was all him and i guess okay. you know basically the whole team so the team was like we want you to follow us around right basically <laughs> okay yeah sweet and we'll give you money for it so we'll give you yeah, <laughs> excellent uh <laughs> 
So the logistics behind something like that, was it, so if it was the team just saying, okay, follow us around, did you do, ha- did like, how much planning did you have to put into this? Um, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's weird because I'm not, I'm not professional by any, uh, any stance of this. Um, you know, I've, I've made two other documentaries in the past about the newbies. Um, they're out there on my channel. So the first, you know, I've only had two chances to do this and that was only one event for each of those. So going into this, they wanted their entire year, um, documented. So as far as planning goes, it was a lot of trying to figure out dates, um, to actually sit down with these guys and talk to them about their events. Um, cause obviously with every documentary, you have to have interviews. Um, it's not always easy to do interviews at events. Um, everybody's really busy and stuff like that. So it was busy. They're filling pods. They're changing batteries. Yeah. They're drinking a beer. They're yeah, exactly. Like... <laughs> the last thing they want to do at the end of the day, after playing two matches, especially if they get smashed is to do interviews about the matches. They just lost. Yeah. You just so... got your ass handed to you. Would you like to talk <laughs> about that? Yeah. So, <laughs> and just, and on top of that, I have my schedule, you know, I'm shooting sometimes five, six teams at an event. Um, Damn, dude. All day from 7 a.m. till 7 p.m. usually. And then I still got to go home and dump all my footage, shower, eat, um, talk to teams, uh, making sure everything's good for the next day. So it's uh, it's on both of our – it's both of us that don't have time really at events. So everything's got to be planned out or just wing it. Um, you know, like maybe you have a free weekend and all of a sudden, oh, I'm free. Okay, I'll come up this weekend. Um, and like I said, I'm five hours from them. So it's not like I can just go up go up there after work on a Tuesday and go do interviews with them. And it's not right. like, and there's uh, eight people, seven or eight. I should probably know that number, but there's seven or eight people on that team uh, that have to do interviews. You know, you, uh, naturally you'd probably want everybody to do an interview at least once in your documentary about that team. So yeah. it's hard to get everybody together. Um, so it's, it's, you have to plan around that too and try and get everybody together at some, at some place to do these interviews. So, Okay, so you get all the planning done, you get all that figured out. Um, was there like, give us some ups and downs? Like, what was some stuff? What was what were some like hiccups or like roadblocks you ran into that you couldn't have predicted? Like, what's you were like, hell yeah, bright eyed, bushy tail, let's get this documentary <laughs> rolling, and then suddenly like a like what was the metaphorical truck that just came out of nowhere? I can tell you all about the trucks that hit me while making this. Uh, so, uh. They flew out A-Rod. Um, if you've seen the documentary, he's a professional player. Yep. Um, on, at the time, he was on Dynasty. So um, they brought him in to help them coach. So he would fly. they would fly him out to Virginia um, once before every event. So I came up there, uh, their second practice that they ever had him out. So they brought him out for Vegas, and I didn't make it to that one. That was the first time he met the team. Um, and I couldn't make it there for that uh, filming, which is – a really a big bummer because that was probably one of the more important parts of that whole series was meeting a rod and having him come in and you know tell the team what he wants and the team telling him what he wants so i missed that whole thing so that was the first hiccup um so all the footage of a rod in that and them practicing was actually the event after that oh, okay um, which i, th- I can't remember work. what event it was yeah so i just you know a little magic trick i took all that footage and made it seem like it was from the first practice um so that was the first hiccup. That was a pretty big one that I was pretty bummed about that I couldn't make it out there. Uh, the second hiccup was that we didn't do interviews all year. Um, we did interviews once um, before that second event. And then we did interviews, I want to say, two months after World Cup. Um, 
So when you're trying to do interviews for an entire year, um, that's five events. So we, we were, I was there, we were all there about 10 hours on a Saturday from about you know, 8, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Uh, interviews and watching footage and Jesus. trying to get this thing done. So that was a long day. Um, and that was, that was another thing. It was just, you know, we didn't have time to meet up and do these interviews. So over two days, basically, we got all these interviews done, um, which is great. Um, and then as far as filming the actual events goes, um, there were times where I would miss important stuff. You know, you can't, it's hard to tell in the actual documentary that I missed some important stuff um, here and there, but there are definitely some things that I wish I could have got. Um, I remember at World Cup, World Cup or Sh- Chicago at their final Sunday finals, they played uh, Blast Camp and it started pouring down rain before the event. It was like 7 a.m. match, it was dark. And a storm came about 20 minutes before the actual match started. And I was in the parking lot and it started pouring down rain. And I, you know, the parking lot's full of just wet mud. So it's kind of hard to get all your shit together and get ready to go to the field. So I'm like, you know, they always hold these events up when it's pouring down rain. I'll just wait here. So <laughs> I uh, 15, see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. So about 15 minutes pass and uh, the rain starts letting up a little bit. So I'm like, all right, cool. Let me just put my shoes on. I'll get over there. And the match should just be starting. I'm, you know, halfway over to that walk to that walk from the parking lot to the actual divisional field takes a long time. It doesn't feel like it's long in the scope of like counting it down. But um, as far as matches go, they don't last that long. So a 10 minute walk, you know, you're missing the first three points of that match. Um, Depending on what the other team does during that split deck. So about halfway to the field, I hear the, the, you know, the buzzers going and I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, (laughs) I think I just, I think that's my match. Um, so I get over there and they're, they're two points into the match and it was, it was only a four point match. Um, so, and you can hear him say in the documentary, he says, you know, we left the box early in the first two points. And, uh, I missed those first two points. I didn't have footage of them leaving early, which would have been great to have to actually show that. I know I have the, one of their players, Corbin yelling at the players to, uh, to stop leaving the box early, but you know, that would have been a great just a great piece to have to put that in just to show them that, you know, even though they were a Sunday team at this point, they're, they still have those little things that they need to work on. That was another yeah, big kickoff. Just being a little too eager. That's that. Oh my God. I could just imagine the, the, the feeling <laughs> of just being like the realization, like, Oh shit. Yep. Like that's for me, that would have been like that, that stomach falling feeling. Like, oh yeah, it was Trust me. like, Oh God. And then trying to figure out afterwards, editing it, just like, how am I going to make this, this work if i didn't have corbin blowing up on them in the pit that would have been a uh, that would have been a whole different uh scene how was that being around okay so yeah like so corbin played does he still play for dynasty no he played for dynasty uh no so corbin was corbin's one of their uh the dc players a-rod was the one sorry A-Rod. A-Rod. yeah 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 i so, know you're talking about that a-rod yeah yeah A-Rod. i wanted to ask about him like um because i know watching the documentary he showed up and I guess for the way I, I interpreted it, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you can tell me that I interpreted this wrong, but it, it definitely felt like he showed up. He knew that he was basically being brought in to help a team do better. And mm-hmm. he told them they were not good enough in the beginning. Like he was seemed to be very like, Oh yeah. He was, very he was very cut, stern. Yeah. Very cut and dry. Yeah. Like, like you want to be D two, then shut the hell up and do better. Yeah. Um, 
So at any point, like, how was that? How was that? Like just being around that being around somebody, somebody who's basically shows up and he's, he's professional. He's not their friend. He's not their buddy. He's just like right. showing up, kicking their ass and then leaving. It's uh, it was, it was pretty much like being on a, on a team. Like I, when I, I've only was with A-Rod and the team for one practice, unfortunately, because I just couldn't get out there when he was oh, out okay. there um, more times. But from that one, I was with them all day to practice on a Saturday and it was just them. So it was A-Rod. And then practicing all day, and uh, you know, it's if you've ever played a sport, you know that relationship between the coach and the players. You're 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 kind you're kind of friends, but at the same time, it's like he he'll easily tell you that you're you're not doing great and you need to do better, and he's not going to be your friend about it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it's a very fine line between being your friend and being your actual coach, and that's exactly what A Rod coming in was like at least from what I saw with what it was like for the regulars when they came in, you know, he would joke with them and yeah, he seemed um, to have that good balance. Yeah. He would, um, he would joke with them and just, you know, talk shit with them and stuff like that. But yeah. as soon as it came to playing and you know, if they, if they screwed up, he would, he would tell them like, Hey, like you guys need to shut the hell up and like come over here and pay attention to what I'm showing you and stuff yeah. like that. And that it definitely happened. You know, he, he told people to shut up um, from what I remember, you know, maybe not shut up, but it was like, Hey, like you need to, you need to pay attention. If you don't do this, you're going to run a lap every time you don't do it right. That's um, how my rugby which, coach ran the team. Yeah, which <laughs> he would do. You know, he made players run laps it or worked. do certain things if they didn't do it right. So he definitely, he was there because he only had a limited time with them as well. So he was there to get the most out of them while he was there. Uh, maybe, you know, two days out of every uh, every time before an event every weekend. So so when when you were editing this, was there any point in time that because how do I I'm trying to think how to articulate this question I can I, I kind of have it on paper in like shorthand so um okay you know how like you watch some shows or some movies especially TV shows are really bad for this and they can take the most mundane thing and edit <laughs> it into like being into the most badass or most terrible thing um Gordon Ramsay comes to mind like I guess yeah like, the way the UK Hell's the Kitchen <laughs> Hell's Kitchen on in the UK is just like he's it's he's raw like, he's yeah it's raw and then like in the United <laughs> States it's just like you're a fucking bastard like it's yeah. just horrible um but it's all the editing yeah um so did you have to like play any weird games like that or was it really just like you sat down you were like awesome I have like the story is too easy to tell I'm just gonna tell it like it was or was there anything where you had to like, if this is a really dull 20 minutes, I need to spice this up. Like, uh, so other than the A-Rod thing where I just mix that footage in to make it look like <laughs> it was their first practice. Um, I don't remember there being anything that I had to make see, make it seem like it was more important or more dramatic than it was okay. other than like, other than like music. I mean, obviously the music will, set the tone for what's about to happen or what is happening in the thing. So, but as far as taking the actual video, there wasn't anything that I was forcing to make it seem like it was more than it was. Cause awesome. everything, everything lined up. And I don't personally want to do that either. Um, yeah. I like everything to actually make it seem like it's as important as it was in that moment without uh, going over the top with it. Perfect. Sorry. I've just double checking somewhere. I haven't gotten a comment in 15 minutes, which seems really strange because usually Christopher <laughs> is just like slamming the comments. Um, so I'm really hoping I ha I didn't experience. Oh, hey, that's really you talking. Bad... Um, yeah, was... Really hoping that I'm not missing a ton of comments. Don't think I have. 
Sweet. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so either. So we're, we're fine. We're fine. Hopefully they're all just really focused on what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what it is. They're just paying really close attention to you, and we're just going to yeah, run exactly. with that. Uh, Tim Banks just listening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Okay. So how long, how do you, okay, so you, you, you figured out the logistics of like meeting up with them as much as you could. You videotaped a bunch of stuff. You slammed like shitloads of interviews into a 12 hour day. Yeah. Um, how was it like, how was, how was the, the, the storyboarding and the editing? I guess storyboarding is pretty easy because it's just chronological at that point. Right. Like, uh, yeah. That made it a little easier. Yeah. Um, but how did, like, how did sitting down to edit this kind of behemoth, like, was it, did you just like sit down with a 12 pack of Red Bulls and slam out like <laughs> like 72 hours of no sleep? Or was this like a six months of like editing shit together? It was, uh, between planning and actually, I'd say probably from planning the actual video out and putting those first few video clips into my editing program. And then till, you know, the last right before I uploaded it. Cause the night before I uploaded it to PB nation, I was still working on it. I still watch it. I think my last watch through was that Tuesday night around 8 PM. I watched it all the way through the night before I had to upload it. And I was still debating on whether to edit it again and just stay up and, you know, upload it at one in the morning. Oh, that's um, what that's, that's but, when you got to just know when to quit. Like, yeah. That's, I, I made a deal with myself. I was like, you know, I, I told myself, is this going to be something that would turn somebody off from this video? Is it a game changer in the video? Does it not make sense? And once I checked off that list, I was like, all right, I think it's at a place that it can be seen publicly now. Um, I mean, I thought you did a great job. Like when I was, I jumped onto PB nation the other day and it was just like a documentary. And I was like, another one. Okay. (laughs) Like, okay, let's do it. Like sat down and just hit play on. Now I'm not going to lie. It was like playing on this monitor. And then I think I was playing like, I can like see if thieves on this monitor mm-hmm. or something. Like I was just like multitasking. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, where do we see it? I don't think at any point we've made sure anyone can see this. Documentary. Uh, so right now it's on the PB nation YouTube channel. Yes, it is. So I'm going to yeah. go grab the, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to go grab the link and drop it in the comments the hell is this play the game podcast is there another paintball podcast there's yes, too there many <laughs> i remember when i was like number three and i was just like this is great and <laughs> everybody's got one. Oh yeah and everybody's stuck at homes and everybody's got a podcast getting home that's you know what and i get it i totally do but piss off <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um, uh, but to go back to actually like the storyboard part um yeah. like you said it's chronological so um it's fairly easy to set that up um, so usually what I would do is just, uh, get the interviews, bring the interview, all the interviews in from that specific event, um, edit that all, um, get all the ums out of their interviews. Uh, oh, you had to, oh my the, God, you had to cut yeah, out all the ums? Most of them. Yeah. Oh. Uh, you'd be surprised how many ums I've cut out in my lifetime doing, uh, interviews. Dude, I used to go through, I used to cut the ums before this was a live show. I used to cut the ums out of the podcast. Oh, and so I, t- you know what I have to do with Oh my god, it was terrible. Like going through and like looking mm-hmm. for and like listening to be like, um, I'm like, fuck, fuck gotta cut that. Yep. It was like the tenth episode. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I'm not cutting yeah. ums out anymore. Yeah, that uh that got intense after a while. But you know, I'm used to it. And it honestly, like when you get that interview done and it sounds really nice and clean, um, it's a pretty good feeling. I it, um, it totally makes sense in that context, but Yeah, and it it just it sounds so much better as far as like uh um flow of the video 
But after I did that, um, I would do the interviews, cut that all together, put it all together in an event, and then I would go back and put all the footage from that event, cut that all up, put the footage in with the interviews, put it in order of what I wanted it to look like. Um, and then I would say probably in the middle of editing those two together, I'll try and find music for that specific uh, match or event. So that's a question you know. over here. Uh, Christopher Struck asking, how did you pick the right music? <laughs> Music's a whole different demon when it comes to these things. I don't, I don't know if other people have this issue, but I've always had a problem with music. I can't tell you how many nights I'd come home from work and listen to music for four or five hours and not find anything I like. So then I just, you know, stop listening because I'm so over it. And then I'd come back the next day and listen for another three hours um, and maybe find one that I half liked. And then I would edit that match halfway through and I decide, Oh, I don't like that song anymore. And then I'd go back to listening to music for a couple hours. So See, music's it, just, uh, it's so, it's so tough sometimes, but uh, it really is. Yeah. So most of the music, um, which if you want to know every song that was actually in the video, it's at the end. Um, every song title and where I got it from uh, and the artist should be at the end. Uh, but most of it came from epidemic sound, which is a, um, it's a fantastic a you can sign up for. Yeah, I, I really enjoy them. I got a lot of music from them. It's uh, I can monetize my videos if I use them. Um, mm -hmm. And then other than that, YouTube Library has a pretty good um, selection of songs. If you're looking for like instrumental stuff, they have a pretty good selection. And that then was just actually YouTube. By theirs. YouTube yeah, they have, they have some pretty good stuff. And then uh, just YouTube music in general. Um, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, you can use, I don't want to say most YouTube music. Every song that I've used from YouTube I've never gotten a copyright strike or anything like that. I just can't monetize my videos off of that video that uses that song. So I got maybe three or four songs from YouTube, um, which obviously you can't monetize a video at that point, but uh, I wasn't looking for get money off of this video anyway. I just wanted to, to, to put it out there and obviously for the regulars because, you know, um, they really wanted this project done too. I mean, it's a really cool project. There's not a lot of paintball documentaries and all of a sudden we got two in the same, like in the same yeah. week. Especially um, divisional. Like, there's plenty of pro stuff out there, but it's it's rare that you get a good divisional one out there. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's always... I mean, I could throw a stone on YouTube and find somebody talking about Infamous or Dynasty or, right. you know, the Russians or uh, Impact. But, yeah, like, I'll be honest. I hadn't heard of the Regulators before the documentary. Now, I'm terrible right. with team names uh, <laughs> outside of, like, the Big Eight because the Big Eight just gets spewed at you constantly. Yep. Um, like Ryan Greenspan's name. I don't think I'll ever forget his name. I don't know oh, why. Never. <laughs> I've never really paid much attention to him, and I really don't think I could tell you why. I, You know what I mean? It's just it's, yeah. it's, it's always there. But uh, it was really cool to watch watch a, a smaller team kind of right. you know, go through the rigor without huge backing. Right? Yeah. So that was really cool. I thought it was really neat. Um, Thanks. And I, I fully enjoyed it. I highly recommend anybody, if you've got, was it two hours? I think it's two uh, hours. An hour and a half. Hour and a half documentary. So yeah. if you've got an hour and a half to kill, which I guarantee you, unless you're an <laughs> essential worker, you have an hour and a half to kill, uh, you need to sit down and watch this documentary. Uh, oh, now the comments are flowing in. Tim Banks, I remember the first paintball video that I really watched was What We Do on Sundays with Sale by AWOL Nation Plan. Yep, I know that video. Like, yep. That's on my playlist. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. 
And uh, Christopher Struck, I'll have to check it out. For the video I just put out, I legit asked my girlfriend for suggestions, and it worked out uh, very, uh, worked out overly well. Uh, I have to go check out his video. He has a, a YouTube channel called Explore Paintball. So he, okay. uh, I'm going to go check that out because I'm, I'm always excited for the new stuff. I love seeing right. uh, the, the new up-and-coming uh, uh, creators. It's always a good time. And... How did, I've got to ask when it came to music, because I struggle with the music. I was like, music for videos for me is like, I'll find a song or a tune and I'll be like, man, I love that tune. It doesn't fit at all with what I'm trying to yeah. trying to portray here. So like, did you when you when you watch the video when you watch your clip and you're thinking like, okay, I need I need audio for this. I need music for this. Are you do you look at it and think, okay, what kind of emotion do I want to? get from this or are you looking for something like just syncs up really well with the clip like what do you uh so it's kind of a mix so when it comes to the documentary stuff it's uh i like finding music to where uh there's a spot where i can dull the music down and throw in that interview without it sounding too weird because you don't want music to just cut off at a certain point and then an interview just comes in yeah you need to have it to where yeah it just kind of like flows off and you can't hear the music anymore and then the interview comes in so finding songs that give me that gap um, to where I can throw in an interview was pretty important with that as well as uh, the tone. So tone was a very big thing again, because uh, over five events, you're going to have that either, you know, they're going to get worse or they're going to get better. So luckily they got better because it made for a better video. Um, so what kind of dark that... documentary, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you need that music that uh, reflects that tone of like, uh, accomplishment uh, when they when they get you know their first Sunday, um, it was really important to find a song that represented that accomplishment, that happy feeling. So I found that one, um, and then going into that first Sunday match after they won, you have that really depressing uh, mandolin. I think is the instrument that was used in that song. So it's a very depressing like string instrument um, that goes along with that song. So that was really important to find uh, that tone for that scene. Uh, I think Philly was their event. They made their first Sunday and then they got smashed uh, in their Sunday showing uh, the first one. So it was really important to find that song that wasn't overly dramatic, but also just dramatic enough to give you a feeling of what they were feeling, you know, just that hopelessness and like we, we suck kind of feeling. So (laughs) that was the tone I was trying to set for that. Trying to set a tone of hopelessness. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh man, it's brutal. Uh, okay. Well, we're pretty much, uh, I'd say pretty much at the end there. Um, so where can people like, let's, let's just plug all of your stuff, man. Like where can people find you? Where can they hire you? Uh, what, you know, let's drop it all. What do you got? Uh, so YouTube is, I'd say pretty much everything, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, they're all solos photography, just a pretty general name, um, on all those. And then, uh youtube um starting to go live more so if you want to see me edit videos um especially stuff for the channel um i'll be doing those more uh in the coming weeks you can come in and see how i edit those uh twitch i game on twitch uh with friends i starting to do live on there too um and then oh, other bro. than that <laughs> you got to come over to the digital paintball with me i'm, I'm thinking about it i haven't Dude, downloaded it yet get okay you got half-life you got no. you have to buy you have to have half-life so it's it's a half it might be mod. worth it. it might be worth it it's 10 bucks yeah it might be worth it and then the mod's free and then 
uh i went with so i there's there's like two i guess there's the digital paintball like 2.1 and then there's mm-hmm. digital paintball redo r-e-d-u-x I yeah that just the, came out didn't it yeah, yeah i asked about it and i was just told politics that's why there's two and i'm like okay cool uh, I went with Redux or Redo because um, I really couldn't tell you why. I just sort of did. I picked one and ran with yeah. it. Anyways, we had a blast. Uh, if you have sensitive ears, uh, like if you have like like un untainted like virgin ears, don't don't come <laughs> don't to the play. server. <laughs> um, it was an absolute blast. I recommend that to anybody. Actually, if anybody has a PC uh, and you're doing any gaming, yeah, it always looks fun. There's always people playing it's, on there. Especially the graphics are ancient. Oh, and yeah. like the game is old as piss, but <laughs> it is fun. It's yeah. kind of fun. Uh, okay, so you're over on Twitch. You're on YouTube. So it's all soulless photography. Uh, yeah. So if you go and there's also a Discord now. I just got that up. So Discord is where I put most of my updates. So if you want to know everything that's pretty much coming out that I'm doing, or uh, just us in general and gaming and stuff like that, I'd highly suggest going to the Discord. Which the links out there. It's on Instagram. It's on uh, Facebook. Should be in the post. Uh, that I'll be posting up um, pretty much every day now. There should be a, a Discord link in there. Sweet. And also awesome. TikTok. Unfortunately, I have a TikTok. <laughs> you gotta get I, the you gotta get the young crowd in there. Gotta get the gotta get to. I am not pretty enough. Oh yeah, to be in TikTok, I. I can't. I'm not. That's why I never put myself in there. It's all other players. There you go. Right there, you go. It's all that's, paintball footage. That's so. gonna. That was my 2020 plan, dude. Like photography, videos, everything of like speedball events around the Maritimes. And then this happened. So yeah, man, it just stopped everything. It kind of sucks. It did. It really does. So, uh, okay. So, yeah, folks, head over to, to YouTube and and the YouTubes over on Facebook and on Instagram. Look up <laughs> Soulless Photography. Uh, that your work is amazing. Um, Thank you looking online and, and like checking stuff out and following stuff it's you're you're obviously not just some asshole on the field with a camera <laughs> yeah. uh you know what you're doing <laughs> so i'm trying uh, definitely check him out and uh and dude thank you so much for coming on and talking about the documentary oh dude thank you this is uh this is a really cool experience i'm glad it, uh glad you messaged me uh, i'm glad you agreed <laughs> like it was just it was great uh super pumped and um yeah thank you to everyone who uh hung out you know, in the, in the chat here with us and, and dropping comments and whatnot. I, yeah, I appreciate that as well. And, uh, so that's it. So folks, um, I thought I had something else to talk about. I guess I really don't. So it's not a big deal. Uh, that's it. We're out of here. So until next week, 